week's episode, Mason and the gang break down Alabama's route of Utah State, as well as preview the Crimson Tide's upcoming trip to Texas. It's the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com. Podcast powered by Bama Central alongside Joey Blackwell and Joe Shots. I'm Mason Smith. Please, you can subscribe and find this podcast wherever you find your podcast. And please, you to check out Bama Central for all your content needs, fellas. To get us started with this podcast episode, we're gonna give you a quick rundown of everything that happened besides the obvious thing that happened this Saturday with Alabama's trouncing of Utah State. The first thing on the docket Alabama volleyball leaves Houston, Texas in victory as the Crimson Tide defeat Central Arkansas 3 to 1. The volleyball team is now 4-2 on the season, and a few days before the next tournament in Munich, Muncie, Indiana, excuse me, on September 9th against Green Bay. The next thing up, cross-country won their first competition in Florence, with the men and women placing first with 22 and 18 points respectively. The next competition will be on April 16th at the North Alabama Showcase in Huntsville. And lastly, men's and women's golf start their seasons this weekend, with the men headed to Durham, North Carolina for the Rod Meyer Invitational on the 9th, and the women head to Lake Elmo, Minnesota for Anika Intercollegiate on the 12th. Now that we got that out the way, we're going to highlight one more sport before we get to the main topic at hand, which is Alabama soccer. Joe, we started with you. Alabama's had a great start to their season. What have you noticed from the soccer team? Yeah, like you said, a great start. It started 4-1-1. They got their first tie uh, on Sunday yesterday to us, uh, depending on when you're listening, um, you know, or time of recording, excuse me, um, the Todd Utah 1-1, one one, but earlier last week they had a really big win, back-to-back upset wins, uh, a 3-2 victory at number 6 BYU, and then before that, last Sunday, they had a 3-0 win um, when they hosted number 18 Clemson. Um, so overall, just a really, really solid start. They also won their exhibition. doesn't count officially towards their record, um, but they won uh, beat Vanderbilt 3-1 to start the season uh, before the regular season got started. But as far as what I've seen from this uh, from this team so far, you know, I've really been impressed by Riley Mattingly Parker. She, you know, has started in five of the games, played in all six, though, um, and she's had four goals and one assist. She's registered nine points so far. Um, she and Gianna Paul um, actually both shared um, uh, SEC um, Players of the Weeks, Players of the Week honors uh, today. Um, so fantastic and congratulations to them. But uh, Felicia Knox also has. Um, 16 shots. Um, she has one goal and four assists. And then, like I mentioned, Gianna Paul has 10 shots and uh, two assists and two goals to her name. So overall, those are the three that are leading the pack for them. But just a stellar, um, stellar uh, game for them so far. And I can't, you know, mention Alabama soccer without mentioning McKinley Crone. Um, you know, she started in the net all six games for them. She's only allowed four goals and had 16 saves and has the she has that four one and one record. So really like her in the net and just. I think Wes Hart's been – this is what Alabama soccer fans have been waiting for for so long and, and uh, what Wes Hart has been able to do over the past four years of training those freshmen all the way up to, you know, seniors now. Uh, he's really got something uh, special brewing in uh, Tuscaloosa this year. Absolutely. Joe, what do you think about the soccer team? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it's definitely been, you know, in the back of these kind of big upsets against Clemson and, and then going to Utah and beating uh, BYU before tying <clears throat> the University of Utah and Salt Lake. Uh just yesterday, I think the the kind of the cool thing about it is that so far they've started off games really well. You know, looking at it, they BYU they were up three one at halftime. Clemson they were able to put two goals 
uh, in the first half. And I would, you know, I think that's kind of been something that has kind of propelled them to a lot of these wins because I think when you're in, <clears throat> when you're trying to upset some teams, especially in soccer, you want to start fast. You want to start on the front foot. So I think for for them to come out of the gates hot and um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, kind of set the tone early in a lot of these games is something that they um, is something that I'm sure they they'd love to have. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I agree with that, Joe. One thing I did notice, the United Soccer Coaches top 25 rankings have not updated as of yet, but with two top 25 victories against Clemson and BYU, I do expect the Crimson Tide to make a jump to the top 25. They actually received some votes to make it in the initial top 25, but I think they'll definitely get their chance and their fair share this time. Now, leading up to University of Alabama soccer team, their next match, probably by the time you hear this recording, will be against Utah Valley on September 6th in Orem, Utah. After that, they will return home to Tuscaloosa and take on North Alabama Sunday, September 11th. Now, fellas, to the main topic at hand, Alabama oh, boy. Yeah. It was such a nail-biter this weekend, guys. I couldn't believe it. It was so close. No, it wasn't. It was absolutely a dominated performance on the Crimson side. Led by Bryce Young, over 100 yards rushing on the ground, a lot of contributions from the running backs, the receivers, the defense played well, pitched a shutout. There was a lot of things to go that went well for Alabama. What did you guys notice, Joe, starting with you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think obviously the first point you made there with Bryce Young and how he played six total touchdowns, um, 18 to 28, 195 yards, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, it ran for 100 yards, including a 63-yard, like, mad dash. He was Alabama's leading rusher on the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think for, for him, any rust that he might have had coming into the game is surely worn off. And uh, he just, like, I think – for from what I saw of him, he looked very cool, very collected, not super panicky, and um, I think he was very decisive, which is something that uh, you know is going to really benefit him when he comes up against these bigger, you know, better teams. You know, for me, I was really impressed by Darian Dalcourt specifically in that offensive line. You know, Dalcourt, you know, he had a lot of question marks around him, you know, coming out of last year because he he, he he had an okay year, but he wasn't, you know, lights out. And this, you know, in this first game against Utah State, I understand that it's Utah State, but at the same time, this is a team, uh, this is a, uh, he, he failed to give up a sack for the entire game. But overall, you know, on the offense, I think you got to like what you see, you know, 559 total yards, and it was very, very evenly balanced between pass and rush. You had 281 passing yards and 278 rushing yards, so only a three yards difference between those two. But um, I, I do have, you know, I'm sure we'll get into the Alabama running game a little bit. I mean, congrats to Bryce for getting the 100 yards rushing, but at the same time, you know, you want your running backs to be leading in that category, uh, and none of them really had that great of a game. You know, thank goodness Jameer Gibbs had the 58-yard rush because if that hadn't happened, he would have had a much more or much less impressive game. Um, but, you know, just overall, um, I, I will, and the, the defense obviously did spectacular. I mean, that we're, they, they, we talked to Will Anderson today, and he does have a regret that he wasn't able to get in the backfield and, record a sack as no outbound players were but at the same time you know they pitched a shutout and that's all you can really ask holding to only holding uh especially pass yards i think they had a 23 yard pass on the first play from scrimmage utah state did but then the rest of the game they totaled 57 uh, pass yards so overall obviously a great performance from alabama on both sides of the football no you're definitely right joey and of course you can kind of check out more deals about that defense on bama central you know go go ahead to the website we have a lot of content that we cover from that game detailing both the defense the offense specifically the wide receivers i know i wrote a piece on kobe prentice specifically true freshman wide receiver really showed out he really impressed me in his first game from alabama 
I liked how he was able to use his speed and a lot of screen and jet sweep actions. He really showed off his athleticism and his shiftiness. And I was really impressed with him. I think he's going to show a lot of things going forward. But, Joel, you kind of mentioned it earlier, too. I do have some concerns about the running game. I think, you know, with Jameer Gibbs, he's still kind of getting his footing together. There has to be an adjustment period, understanding from the ACC to the SEC, a new offense. So all that's considered. But, you know, everybody had a lot of high hopes for Jameer Gibbs, but except for that big run that he had, he probably would have had a really bad day on the ground. So I I really want to see Jameer Gibbs step up against his Texas defense going into this Saturday. But, you know, that, that's really one concern. Otherwise, you know, will we see more Jace McClellan? Will you see more – Jamarion Miller, who surprisingly had a good game, you know, even though it was well into garbage time. But I really do have some turns. I really want to see how Jameer Gibson does this Saturday. Yeah, you know, the Jameer Gibson is definitely my biggest question mark on the offense as a whole. Um, like you said, you know, nine carries, 93 yards, no touchdowns. No rushing touchdowns at all on the day except for Bryce Young's one rushing touchdown. So that's obviously something that needs to be improved. I was very impressed, like you mentioned, uh, in Jason McClellan. You know, he only had five rushes for 23 yards, but – um, as a pass catching back, you know, he had two receptions, 25 yards and two touchdowns, you know, that's not a lot of receptions, but that's 12, still 12 and a half yards a catch. So you got to like those, uh, those stats um, right there. Another big thing that we haven't talked about is Alabama um, didn't uh, turn the ball over all day, except for the well, the one interception, excuse me, from uh, Jalen Milrow. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more takeaways from Alabama's defense. But for Alabama, you know, for their entire starting, you know, unit to not turn the ball over, that's also progress. And um, looking forward to seeing how you know Nick Saban mentioned today that this Texas team, one of their biggest improvements from last year to this year, they already had a pretty decent offense, but this their defense has really gotten better. So I'm wanting to see how this Alabama team can play against a you know a pretty pretty stout uh, Texas defense this next week in Austin. Yeah, definitely. Joe, what did, what did you think about the running game? Because it was a concern for me, but maybe that's just me. Of course, Joe, we said what he had to say, but what did you think about the running game and what you saw from Gibbs and McClellan in their season debuts? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of like what, what, what you guys were saying, it, you know, it, you kind of have to give Gibbs an adjustment period, but I think you would have liked to see more from him and, and from a couple of the other guys, you know, to, you know, McClellan, 23 yards on five carries, you know, and, and which isn't a lot of carries, and, and Williams, 15 yards for three carries. But I think overall the the um, <clears throat> kind of the big problem, I guess, has been, you know, the, the biggest problem, I would say, for the team going into Texas is, is figuring out how to get the running game going and, and taking the pressure. Because I think the ultimately uh, a better running game takes less or uh, takes more pressure off of, the shoulders of Bryce Young and these receivers, so he doesn't have to throw it, you know, 40 times a game, and, and you have to win a football game doing that. So I think for for me, just seeing some level of not only good performance on the ground, but just some consistency where you're not just having a, you know, like Jameer Gibbs who ran uh, for 60 yards on one play and, you know, 30 for his other eight carries. So just seeing just steady consistency from that would be, would be something that I'm looking forward to watching. <laughs> no, you're, you're definitely right about that. I'm really looking forward to the running game. Like you said, they cannot be one-dimensional. This is not the same Texas team that Alabama faced in the 2010 BCS National Championship. That was a good team, though. That was a really good team. It, it really was. The first of us forget if Colt McCoy didn't get hurt. <laughs> Colt McCoy, that's, that's, a, that's a trivia question for those who can't remember who the Alabama played in that game also. But, 
I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how they compete against Texas because even though Texas is not, you know, the powerhouse of the Vince Young days and all that, this is still Texas. This is actually Texas getting ready to join the ACC. So with that in mind, you know, we're look, really looking forward to see what they bring to the table. But we did notice some good things, especially from Jermaine Burton. He looked really comfortable on that offense, scoring two touchdown passes and just becoming Bryce Young's, I could tell, one of my favorite targets. So I'm looking forward to see, you know, how he does going in Texas. Yeah, you know, Jermaine Burton uh, also really liked what we saw. I can't remember if we mentioned him, but Treshawn Holden, you know, five mm-hmm. receptions for 70. He led Alabama, tied for the lead in receptions, then he led in, in receiving yards with 70. And, uh, of course, he also had those two touchdowns. But, you know, he averaged 14 yards, caught five of his seven targets. So, you know, you got to like that 71% completion percentage. I, I you know, we, the Treshawn Holden's a guy that we didn't really hear a lot, of, a lot from in the spring. Um, but then, of course – uh, we heard about him a lot later on in fall camp, and then he had that really big scrimmage that I'm sure most Alabama fans that are listening to this podcast probably heard about. Um, and, you know, it's like kind of only been uphill from there. And then, of course, the injury to JoJo Earl also kind of opened that spot for him to, put t- to come in there. And he's really done a, a, a fantastic job. Him and Kobe Prentice are two uh, uh, guys that have kind of come out of out of nowhere and have really, really impressed early on. Um, Tyler Harrell's injury as well kind of opened the door for that, um, which he'll, hopefully will have him back. Uh, in the coming weeks, but um, just really like where this wide receiver room, you, you, it's never a bad day when you have 11 guys uh, that have a reception uh, on a day, and that really shows how deep uh, this receiving core is for Alabama this year. A couple last-minute notes before we kind of transition to the next subject. Nick Saban had a really big issue with the depth chart. I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it all over social media. You know, he, kind of, he almost threatened us saying, that might be the last one we get. No, we're probably going to get another depth chart. I wouldn't worry about it too much. But we literally got the depth chart today. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, ew. It was, you had to see it. It was a great thing in person. But yes, the depth chart was a point. We noticed some people that didn't start. Camilla, too, was hurt. Camilla Ekior didn't, didn't play much or at all. So those are things to keep in mind going forward against Texas and the rest of the season. But kind of looking forward to the next game, you guys. We got to talk about the Texas Longhorns. They have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. B. John Robertson is considered one of them the best running back in all of college football. Quinn Ears, who's kind of hopped around different programs at Texas, he will be there on Saturday. So, Joe, starting with you, what are you looking forward to seeing from the Texas Longhorns in this Week 2 matchup? Well, it's interesting because I, I think Texas is one of those teams where no matter like how good or bad they are, like you're going on the road to Texas is still a very hard thing to do. You know, like they could be 0-12 for four years in a row and I'd still get – you know, you're still looking at the lineup and you're like, okay, here's a five-star, here's a five-star, here's a transfer like Quinn Ewers who was a, you know, a number one or top-tier quarterback and coming out of high school. So I think for for Alabama, it's just, you know, kind of attacking it with, you know, and I'm sure, you know, if, if I'm thinking it, they're thinking it, but, uh, you know, just attacking the game with kind of the same mentality of, you know, you're not playing a team that, you know, lost to Kansas last year. You're playing a really hard really changed football team from that year ago. So I think for for them, you know, for, for Alabama especially, just kind of staying in, you know, that mindset, getting zoned in, you know, having to contain a guy like Bijan Robinson who, you know, we've talked about the world, and for, you know, at least the country's talked about as a guy who could potentially even win the Heisman. So, um, yeah, I think Texas, it, it presents a lot of challenges, uh, especially on the road. But, yeah, we'll have to see. 
Well, you know, I think that, you know, Quinn Ewers, you know, this guy is, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about Arch Manning who hasn't even, you know, started playing for them yet. You know, Quinn Ewers is a guy that's every bit the prospect that Arch Manning is. You know, he just doesn't have the name. You know, he's coming in from Ohio State, you know, as one of the most talented quarterbacks the program has, has had. You know, it's, it's his job now. You know, the receiving weapons are fantastic. You know, Xavier Worthy is a really a first-team, you know, all-Big 12 talent. Um, and, you know, you also have the second leading receiver coming back and Jordan Whittington, Isaiah Nayor, you know, coming in from Wyoming. Uh, this is a great get from Wyoming. They have a really solid receiving core. You hear a lot of people talking about by John Robinson, which obviously they should. He's fantastic. But not enough people are talking about the passing game that Texas really has. Um, Alabama's defensive back should be able to get the job done. But at the same time, you know, this is going to be a quite a, a, an uptick in talent compared to Utah State last week. So that's one of the things that I'm looking at is we all know about the rushing game, but I want to see how effective Texas passing game against this Alabama defense. Actually, I don't, I don't know. I think the defensive backs will have a great game. Let me start by saying that. But keep in mind, we're still trying to determine what's the actual rotation for the cornerbacks. Is it going to be Eli Ricks and Kool-Aid McKinstry? No, that's fair. Is it going to be Kool-Aid McKinstry and Kyrie Jackson? Is it going to be Kyrie Jackson and Tyrion Arnold who actually got to start that day? We, it's a lot of questions, which is honestly a good thing because it's like, you want this elite cornerback or you want this elite cornerback to start for you? But that is one thing to keep in mind on the defense yeah. as they're kind of solidifying that secondary. Now, the, the interior, that, that 4-3, that, we have no worries about that. Will Anderson, Henry Toto, they're, they're holding it down. Jalen Moody had a great game for his first start. And Will Anderson actually talked about on Monday's press conference, looking forward to facing B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson is actually a downhill runner. So that's going to be a really interesting matchup to see how they stop him. Yeah, well, you know, I think the, the one thing we should just obviously keep doing is talking depth chart. Who's <laughs> um, starting, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so Nick Saban, we hope you're not listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, coach. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, I think that I think you are right. I mean, Bijan Robinson, he's a very tough physical guy. He's kind of been that mainstay on Texas's team for these past couple of years, where you know you're going to pretty much always get a very good game from him, no matter who you're playing. So I think for for Alabama's defense, it's it's a kind of a unique challenge because I don't know, uh, you know, if they've really seen the the tough physical runner that he is especially i mean you know going against utah state who tried to throw the ball a lot and um and, and didn't you know didn't work out too well but i think for uh for uh, you know the the secondary and and those guys going to the pa- moving to the passing game i think that they are uh they're going to be challenged you know i think a little bit when yours is is like we mentioned obviously all the prospect that you know a lot of these other guys were, were and i think for uh for him, just trying to disrupt him and, and keep him on his toes would be something that Alabama should be trying to do. But No, you're, you're definitely right. I'm looking forward to see what Quinn Ears does. Honestly, I've kind of cracked on Quinn Ears because of the way he's transferred, he's like Tate Martell part two. So that's one thing I have a concern about with him. But He's at least still a quarterback. I think Tate Martell is like a defensive specialist at this point. He might be kicking. <laughs> who, who knows the team I tell you is find out next week on Dragon Ball Z <laughs> but definitely now kind of kind of like you know to wrap it up guys so Alabama Texas September 10th and it's an 11am kickoff it's gonna oh, be hot I love it I love players it. will not love it but we're gonna ask the big the million dollar question guys take your pick who's gonna win this Saturday 
Oh, I mean, you got to pick Alabama in this one. I mean, I think this is a, you know, even heading into this season, like we kind of knew that Alabama was going to play with a chip on their shoulder. They have a lot to, a lot, you know, after that national championship loss, like they're out for blood, particularly players like Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Bryce Young talking all off season that, <clears throat> excuse me, Bryce Young talking all off season that, you know, the Heisman was great and all, but it's not what his goal was. And Will Anderson talking pretty much the same thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do in Texas' environment. I've never been to. I've never been to Texas Memorial Stadium. I've heard it's great. So, looking forward to some of that Texas hospitality. But you got to go with the Crimson Tide in this one. I, th- I think Texas will be will surprise some people, particularly early. Um, but, yeah, i got to go Crimson Tide in this one. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy to pick Texas on the All Things Bama <laughs> podcast. So, not that I would anyway, but uh, I think Alabama's going to – going to win i think the kind of the interesting thing that i'm looking at here is last week texas played uo monroe let up three sacks which is kind of interesting i mean i don't know alabama let up i think one for comparison so kind of interesting to see what like will anderson's going to do there but uh i'm going to go alabama and i think uh you know i think joey's right it's going to be hard it's going to be you know at texas and austin 11 a.m you know so i think for uh for Alabama, it's going to be obviously the biggest challenge of the season, but I think they'll, they'll get it done. And regardless of who wins this game, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm sure Alabama fans listening want Alabama to win, obviously enough. But at the same time, whoever wins this game, it's 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 this is what college football is all about. You know, you have two juggernaut historic programs going at each other in the regular season with. You know, it's not a conference game, but there's still a lot on the line for both of these teams as far as bragging rights. You know, Texas has been wanting to hang one on Alabama for over a decade now since that that Rose Bowl. It's all Alabama won its first national championship under Nick Saban. Um, So, and of course, Alabama wants to, you know, all time Alabama owns a 7-1-1 record against Texas. Texas has beaten Alabama seven times with Alabama's only one win being that Rose Bowl. So, you know, Texas is wanting to kind of reestablish that dominance, and they very well could under Steve Sarkeesian. Is this the year? Maybe not. But, you know, they're coming to the SEC, and Alabama will have to play these Longhorns a lot more. And they already have to play them next year in Bryant-Denny. So uh, looking forward to seeing how that plays out as well. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Alabama has a good chance to win on Saturday. <laughs> So, so with that in mind, I do pick Alabama to win, but I really think it's going to be a real dogfight. It's going to be a dogfight in the trenches. The offensive line and defense line are really going to step up because think about it for Texas, they have to battle against Jameer Gibbs and probably an enraged Jameer Gibbs. Knowing a competitor like that, he's probably really frustrated with how he played. You know, he always wants to get better, so he's going to come inspire, play some inspired football. But on the other side for the Alabama defense, they got to play against Brian Rock. I mean, not Brian Robinson, excuse me. Glad you're okay, Brian. Hope you hear this. But B. John Robinson, I hope – I know he's going to have a good game. He's he's not the top running back in college football for, for no reason. So, I expect him to have a really strong game. So, the defense on both sides of the ball have a really tough time, you know, handling the running game. So, it honestly may come down to a battle of attrition. Who can withstand and take – who can withstand and take the most punches quarters one through three, and then when quarter four finally shows up, who can outlast him the longest and actually produce – but overall, my pick is definitely Texas. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah, surprise. But that, that honestly wraps it up what we have on the All Things Bama podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening with Joey Blackwell and Joe Shots. I'm Mason Smith. Please subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And definitely check us out on BamaCentral.com.